Spread number love all across the globe. It's the Vibe Show. I'm your host, Kano the Don, the Vibe King. And tonight we have a special guest joining us on the show today. I'm talking about hip-hop veteran, activist, youth worker. This king right here wears many, many, many hats. I can say I am ultimately impressed. The one and only Mr. Marcel P. Black. What's up, King? How you doing? I'm blessed, brother. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing amazing, man. I tell you what, I just wanna, uh, I wanna thank you, man, for taking time out of your busy schedule. I'm talking about you. You're a busy brother, man. You 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 wearing the multiple hats. You getting it in, man, and and you really, really, really um, active out here, man, with with helping building this community back up, man. I, I really, really want to thank you, my brother. I appreciate that, man. That's that's love, man. It's it's honor to be on your show, man. Absolutely, absolutely, man. I told you we was gonna make this thing work, man. We was gonna make it work. Yeah, I had to do a little moving around, man. I had to do some dad stuff, take my son to piano lessons, and then we it seemed like Hurricane Barry just decided to show up today, so we got caught out in the rain, and I literally just ran through the storm just to get back in the house, so make sure I was on time, man. But you know, we here, it's a blessing. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We're going to get it in, man. I'm talking about the emails been going crazy, man. When I put the post up, got a lot of emails in from, uh, you got a lot of fans too, man. A lot of people that's uh, showing a lot of love. So I tell you what, um, I want to go ahead on and, and, and dive into this thing, man. Like I say, um, I've been jamming out to the music, and um, man, you 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 got you got some heavy messages, man, and and it's real deep, and it's refreshing, you know what I mean? So um, I, I'm I'm real real thankful. Uh, I'm thankful for you, my brother. Absolutely, man. You know, it's uh, it's strange, man. Like you know, being a you know, I moved to. Louisiana from Oklahoma back in 2002. And, you know, I was, so I, I began, like, you know, I'm a career conscious rapper, you know what I'm saying? Like, pro-black militant conscious rapper. So, like, uh, trying to do that particular style, you know, underground conscious, boom bap or whatever, hip-hop, in Baton Rouge in the middle of the, you know, 2000s, you know what I'm saying, in the middle of Jig era, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, it, 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 it wasn't easy, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, Everybody told me I should move away or do this, that, and the third or go overseas or whatever. But, you know, I planted my toes 10, you know what I'm saying, 10, 10 toes down or whatever. And, uh, you know, years later, you know, it's, it, I've been blessed to, you know, positively contribute to the culture, you know what I'm saying, and positively, you know, do some things with hip-hop, you know, the type of music that I do in the city, you know. And it hasn't been easy, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't have it no other way. Right, man. I, I definitely agree with you on that. Let me let me ask you this. Um has it has it always been um has it always been conscious music like when you when you first started in the game you know has it always been this route or um as time went on you 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 geared towards um this path of of being an artist and, and a musician yeah you know like um hold on what are you doing sir huh Don't worry about it. Let's go. Go, 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 go. I'm sorry. Um, it's been, I mean, so, you know, of course, when you first start writing, you write like your favorite rapper. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, starting high school, I started high school in 1998. So this is, 
you know, Biggie just passed, partner just passed. So you got Jay Z, you know what I'm saying? You got Cash Money, you got, you know, your Rockefellers, your Rough Riders and stuff like that. No Limit was still popping. So, you know, you, you want to write rhymes like the people that you listen to first, you know what I'm saying? But also, in the kind of like those early 90s, late 2000s, this was the conscious rap boom. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I remember, like, I always tell the story, like, you know, I listened to everything, like every type of hip hop, you know what I'm saying, there was or whatever. Right. And um, I had an older cousin. He's three years older than me. When I was a freshman in high school, he was a freshman in college. And he went to college, he became a 5 percenter. Ah. And for Christmas, for Christmas one time, you know, like, you know, I liked everything, you know, but I never really listened. And he brought me, like, you know, most Dev, Tyler Quali, The Roots, uh, Brand Nubian, J. Root of Damage, or something like that. But the album that really gave me to kind of, like, set me on the course of kind of doing the music I'm doing right now, it was Dead Presence, Let's Get Free. Right. And in particular, there was a song called Pay Schools. You know what I'm saying? Right. That was like, it was probably the most shocking. I had never heard something so so gangster, but at the same time, so rebellious. So they kind of planted the seeds when I was like maybe, you know, 14, 15. And then at the time, later on in high school, the person who I started creating music with, he was a Muslim. So he was an intelligent brother. His dad was a Muslim. So he used to always kind of kick game with us. And we all listened to like conscious rap a lot. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like, yeah. you know, of course I had my battle bars and, you know, trying to get girls bars. But when I kind of really found my voice, when I really started taking stuff seriously recording, we was decidedly the guys, you know what I'm saying, who was kicking knowledge or trying to at least, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like having social commentary because both of us, you know what I'm saying, you know, both of us had intelligent parents and who was active in the community. My, my father, uh, he retired as a juvenile probation officer, you know what I'm saying, you know, heavy in the church. He ran a children's shelter. My mother, uh, a retired social worker. So it did both of them heavy in the community. So, like, you know, like, like being the son of a gospel musician, I always wanted to make a type of music that, like, touched your soul. Yeah, that's, what I, yeah. that's what I saw my daddy do. Right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. So for me, you know, if, if if I always say, like, if I was my dad's age, I'd probably be Curtis Mayfield. Got you. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. because I was born in the early 80s, came of age in the, you know what I'm saying, the 90s and early 2000s, I'm a hip-hop kid. You know, so, like, being a conscious, you know, and then, I mean, I went to Southern, I got my degree in history. You know, I read a lot of books or whatever. And then just, like, Coupled with, or paired with, rather, you know what I'm saying, like, since I've been graduated high school, the majority of the work I've been has been, you know, uh, youth development work, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, running at, running the after-school hip-hop university, you know what I'm saying? Teaching, teaching chess, mental health counseling, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, it's, so just, it's just an amalgamation of my influences, and I've always wanted to speak to the conditions that we're around, because that's who I am as a man, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, I'm really... Like, I'm a dude that's really in the streets, but not, I'm trying to get them brothers and sisters out the streets or out their bad situation. So I'm not really glorified. And so, you know, uh, just trying to, you know, give a message to the people that's uplifting and educating and, you know, calling out the uh, things in our environment that oppresses as well. Right. You know, with, with d d does that reflect from, um, you know, having a strong background to, um, to, to somewhat, be able to to avoid some of some of the things that's that's going on um you know even when we were coming up um what what were some of your ways of avoiding um some of that stuff by was it was it from um you know involving yourself in other activities yeah yeah absolutely well you know i mean so I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of our you know a lot of the listeners not necessarily familiar with where i'm from from a small town in southern oklahoma is uh 
Put them out north of Dallas, such as South Oklahoma City, 30 miles north of the Texas border. And like in the 80s, when crack moved from California, it had like a, a strong pit stop in Oklahoma, Texas, or whatever. Right. And so along with these drugs came street gangs. So right. if you listen to my music, there's a lot of Crip and Blood references. Yeah. Family members on both sides, both colors, basketball players, teammates, you know what I'm saying? Cousins, you know, I almost got caught up in it too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like I said, yeah. I got a mama that prayed, daddy that prayed, a, a great father that, you know, led for exa- led example. Um, I was in a marching band, I played basketball when I was probably about uh, 250 pounds slimmer, you know what I'm saying? I was a pretty good basketball player in my youth or whatever. Um, um, every summer I was at a summer camp, a uh, math and science uh, camp at Langston University in Langston, Oklahoma, pretty much every summer from sixth grade until the summer before I graduated high school. Before I started my senior year, brother, I was somebody's summer camp at Langston University, uh, singing choirs. Uh, my senior year, I got into acting, speech, and debate. So, you know, I'm from wow. a really, really small town where there wasn't a lot of opportunities for young black men. Right. Well, you know what I'm saying? And there was a whole lot of street stuff to get into. And uh, I, I would be a liar to say that I wasn't influenced by some of that. And I did some things that I ain't proud of. You listen to my music, you can kind of chip away here or whatever. But, uh, you know, like for me, like, I mean, and it really informs, like, you know, a lot of what I do as a as youth development work when I'm talking to these young brothers, like, I can speak their language. You know, of course, they ain't really got gangs down here. Right. But, like, I'm not no square bear who ain't never seen, you know, dark side of the streets. I can kind of I can kind of talk that with them or whatever. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and, like, um, like, artistically, like, I always tell people, like, my music is conscious rap for gang members. Yeah. Like, it's not, I'm, I'm not, like, your traditional, like, Boom bap, you know, like a, I'm not like a Tom Quality or Common, like you know, I'm a I'm a Southern, I'm a country boy who grew up with West Coast gang banging uh, street culture as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know, I still like to go out and club and this that, and the third. So you know, like I try to make my music to where it's like, okay, boom. If if if, if you would do it in the streets, you know, you might not be able to relate to like some of the super duper esoteric underground stuff, but like you know, you might hear my voice and it seems like I'm just your big cousin trying to put you up on G. Right, right. And, and, you know and, and, all, and all of that, all of that comes from both sides of the fence. Like you know, kind of like a good kid in Mad City. You got one foot on the one, one foot in the church house, and the other foot, other foot on the, in the on the turf. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So just kind of walking that thin line, whatever. It is tricky, you know, balancing it out. You know, you know stuff. That my parents still don't know about to this day. Hopefully they ain't listening. You know, don't hear me. Sorry, ask me a lot of questions. You know what I'm saying? But uh. You know, but like a lot of that different, you know, a lot of those things informed my music or whatever. But it was definitely like, you know, having my father, like, having like the best father in the world. Like I said, a, a great, loving mother, great grandparents. You know, I definitely had a village that definitely looked out for me. So if I went too far left, they'd pull me back in. Right. You know what, man? And and um, I think that that's I think that that's dope, and and it definitely reflects through your music. You know, like like you were saying, it ties in with um seeing a lot, you know, going through a lot and taking those experiences and um reflecting it into your music and the message is is, is so profound, you know, and, and I just found myself just, you know, playing it over and over again, just getting different messages out of it, man. I just think that it's dope and the way that you write and deliver. I think that it's dope. Yeah, man, it, I mean it, it took me a while to kind of really find my voice, man. Like, you know, like I'm I'm a it's funny because like what I try to do, man, 
I try to take like, cause you know, like I'm I'm a history buff. I got my degree in history Southern. I read a lot, and I read like a lot of these books or whatever. And so what I try to do, man, I try to take these big concepts, like break it down to real such a god complex, or you know, like um, this particular album is heavily based on. It's pretty much based around uh, the five the five bullet points and Jag Hoover's Cointel Pro. Right. And so I, I you know, and I, you know, I, I'm talking a lot about uh, uh, black liberation theology on this album. But, you know, as opposed to using the lyrical, spherical million-dollar words, I try to take million-dollar concepts and put them into, you know, the everyday man's language. You know what I'm saying? So for our brothers and sisters who might not have access to the resources to get the type of education to understand, you know, these super-duper big words, man, we're all at a basic level. If we understand blackness and nuance, you'll be able to pick up on some of the things that I'm talking about. So, you know, I you know, I always want to meet the people where they at or whatever. So, you know, I always tell people like I, I write more like a it, it has a lot to do with like my being the son of a gospel musician and brought up in the church. I write I deliver my music more like a pastor or a preacher than a poet. Right. Right. So like everything has like a lot of soul, everything has like, you know, a sense of urgency in it, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like fire and brimstone trying to get these young boys and girls out the streets, you know what I'm saying, and making right. them understand you know, uh, uh, the system that's kind of designed to destroy us, what happened. You know what I'm saying? And it took me a while to find that voice, you know? Like, um, when I first started out, I was in a group. And, like, it was three of us. And one guy made all the big six, sang all the hooks, came up with all the concepts. And so all I had to do was just go write my 16-bar verse, a 24-bar right. verse. When You know, when I, when I got by myself, I had to learn how to write. I had to find my voice. I had to decide exactly what I wanted to do. And one of the perks of being older when I kind of restarted my career, is that I'd already lived life. Like, I restarted my career when I was 27 years old after I've had years of working in the community, blah, 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 blah. Right, and so right. I wasn't really trying to find myself anymore. I knew I lived enough so I had something to talk about as opposed to kind of like, you know, filler topics to just try to sound good or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, um, so that's, you know, so, like I said, it's, it's been a process to kind of like really develop this thing. And, you know, I feel like, you know, with my, my latest project that's coming up, I've, I've, I've found that great mixture of making high-quality music that you're just going to enjoy from a sonic standpoint and then having a, a, a powerful message that's, that's very easily digestible. With, um, with, with everything as far as um, the, music, the music movement here, um, I, I would like to get your perspective on um, the music movement here because you know I feel like um, it's kind of divided in a way absolutely it's always been like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what's your perspective on um, reasoning you know what you know honestly I think that I think that what's funny is I think that I would say within the last two or three years we're seeing more so right now, so, you know, Bad News has never, quote-unquote, had a underground hip-hop scene. Right. Over the last, I would say, three to four years between what's going on with different venues, I think specifically Fade the Flow Sundays, the event that I do, has, like, spawned, like, a whole different culture to where, like, a lot of artists from, you know, you might have a dude who made, like, jig music or underground music or turn-up music or conscious rap and we're bringing people from all over the country right. to come do the show at the barbershop. So I, I, there's been a lot of mixing of styles, and so like, and, and, and I would say within our small community, those barriers are breaking down. And like, as far as like the quote unquote street side, the street guys don't really have a place to perform anymore. So now they're coming to us. Uh, like, there's not a lot of venues. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, of course you can go 
if you have a name that's locally big enough, they'll let you go rap at Bella Noche or, you know, maybe Benny's or something like, well, not even Benny's, but like Bella Noche or whatever. But for the most part, like the street guys, you know, they, you know, they don't really have a place to go. And so they'll come to the parlor for showcase Sundays or someone might pop up at, uh, um, you know, Fade to Flow Sundays and things like that or whatever. But for the most part, it's, it's just, I mean, Baton Rouge, you know, Baton Rouge is a rough city. Right. So, first and foremost, the music that kind of speaks to the pain and the struggle, you know, the music that's reflective of some of the conditions that we are, even if it's not necessarily, like, an empowering message, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like you know, there's a lot of violence in Baton Rouge, so the music is violent. Right. Because Baton Rouge has had a pill problem for 30 years. And so the music is about pills, you know. It's still South Louisiana, so we like to party. Right. So people are partying and things of that nature. So that's like the overall culture and to pertain to the streets, so that's what you're going to get or whatever. Um, so, you know, there's, you know, then you have like, so now there's a whole new group of kids who are, you know, like, you know, teenagers to the early 20s, they doing more of the turn-up stuff. Right. So they're at, uh, you know, they doing the bando, they're at, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they're at the bando, they're at the varsity and Spanish Spoon, <laughs> things of that nature or whatever. So, but you know, they, they kind of coexist more with the hip-hop guys too, because they kind of do both or whatever, but, it's, it's strange, man. It's, it's always been divided. Um, I think the lack of venues really hurts the city. Like, right. <clears throat> like if you look at it, if you're familiar with Bad Rules, it's like all of the quote-unquote hip-hop shows take place at, like, uh, non-traditional venues. So, like, daiquiri shops, vape lounges, uh, you know, galleries, art gallery, right. barber shops, and then, you know, Chelsea shut down, uh, 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 Northgate Tavern shut down, the catering shut down, Spanish movie closed down for almost two years. And so next you got the Mid-City Ballroom, which a lot of rappers still aren't really using yet, and you got the varsity. Yeah. So like, so you're either, you know what I'm saying? So, but the city, like, I, I travel a lot, I tour a lot. Like, like I, this year alone, I performed in 20 different states. And I can tell you, the cities that have a downtown or a district that are behind their local arts, the scene do a whole lot better. Yes, yeah. So, like, because Baton Rouge is really, really racist and really, really segregated, <clears throat> you can't you can't necessarily get hip-hop into some of the better venues with better sound quality that people might feel comfortable coming to. Because straight up, I'm going to keep it a buck. Like, if you do underground hip-hop like I do, most of your fan base is going to be white people. Right. White people ain't coming to those shows in no Baton Rouge. Do you think that um, you think <laughs> so, that you, you you think that if if more of the um, the older heads of or more of the OGs um, would 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 come together more to um, to show unity um, from that aspect because you know it, it it's a lot of money man to be made. You know what I'm saying, and it, you know if if more unison would be together, and and you know to to basically have some blueprints for the younger younger youth to follow. It's kind of like they they kind of trying to find their own because they don't really have you know no OGs coming together like like in other cities and stuff. Your tips and all these different people that's coming together to well, I, to I guide think, these I think, people. Um, I think a lot has to do with like the person that we got. So like if you look at the rappers who made it. Who consider OGs? You got Max, you got Bleed, you got Loke. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Boos is still active. He's not in the city. Right. Uh, Gates is not in the city. You know what I'm saying? 
and uh, Webby's not in the city either. Right. So, like, the game is so different, though, man, because those guys came up, you know, you had to get your record deal, blah, 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 blah. Honestly, you're like, you know, I don't know how much you are familiar with, like, you know, kind of like the underground hip-hop scene. I would say, in terms of the young guys, the thing I love about these young guys are, they're taking matters into their own hands. Yeah. So they're not waiting on the radio. They're not waiting on whatever. They're putting on their own shows. They're booking these venues themselves. They're not waiting on promoters to come give them a shot. You know what I'm saying? And they're working together more so. Yeah. Kids, and I, I'm not going to lie to you, like, like you don't see your Maxes and your Lokes and your Bleeds out here working with them younger artists. Nah, so I, as, as it pertains to the hip-hop stuff, like me, me even, even as a transplant, and, you know, I'm not in my 40s. I'll be 36 on Wednesday. I've kind of stepped in, and, like, the young boys call me the OG. Uh, so I'm, like, the facilitator or whatever. And so, and you're right, like, so, like, their unity was different because there was a whole lot of money in the state. Yeah. Because record labels, you know, cutting, you know, five or six-figure checks. It's not like that anymore. But at the same time, what these kids have learned is I can publish my own shows, I can book my own tours, I can book my own shows, I can press up my own CDs. Them guys, they have streaming back then. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? They have, you know what I'm saying? So these kids are kind of, they're, they're more self-sufficient. And you'll be surprised, like, like the beautiful thing about Fade the Flow Sundays is, you know, every single month we got videographers, photographers, rappers, producers, graphic designers, singers, whatever, people with studio engineers. So it could be two artists from, you know, white artists, black artists, turn-up artists, people who play guitars. They've never met each other before, but now they got a whole little crew, and they're booking each other. So there is unity amongst like the hip hop guys I would say the older guys they just come from a different law a different yeah, era. Yeah. they come from a different thing or whatever you know and what? you're right like like they don't really do much it would be like crazy <laughs> it would really be it would really be a beautiful thing man for for those guys to I mean they ain't even working together you know what I'm saying it's like you know because I I was just saying I'm like you know Everybody's in their situations, you know, the era of music that changed, but you still got people out there that still, they still got their fans, you know what I'm saying? So I'm right. like, wouldn't it be a beautiful thing to see a Max, a, a Loke, a, um, a, you know, a Bleed, uh, uh, you know, Boosie, all the, they could put on a show alone by themselves and, and everybody being rejuvenated, everybody's still, still can sustain and eat. Just in, just in the, I, in the I think, southern I think region. With them, I think with them, man, like I said, like, because of social media and because of digital platforms, like, you know, it's, like you're saying, like, it's, it's, I think it's two different mindsets. Right. So for them, for them to work with younger artists, there got to be a lot of money involved, uh, right? Like, 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 like they, they're from an era to where, like, they hustle different, they grind it different. So I don't think they're about to just come out it just gives these young artists, like, I, I remember, and I was kind of disappointed, and I I, mean, I don't really have a problem standing on air. Like, I was disappointed when C-Loke was doing this thing, you know, competition at some venue, you know, you, you pay $50, $60, or maybe $100 performing, and, like, if you, if you you do, like, a competition, and if you win the competition, you get signed to his, his record label, yeah. and, like, he pretty much pocketed the money, and nobody got signed. Oh, come on. Like, like, that kind of beats the game down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and, you know, I got love to see, like, I met him. If you listen to this, man, I hope you don't feel played, but that's just how I feel about the situation. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to, you know, start no problems, but, you know, I don't do that. I don't teach my artists that. Like, these right. young dudes who I work with, I don't teach them that, man. I teach them to be your own boss. You know what I'm saying? Cut out the middle, man. Be your own boss. Take care of your business, because that's one thing I learned. 
Right. Like, you know, if you, if you have control of every single thing you do, you have, and you have more to bring to the table because of these different things you've accomplished or whatever, you know what I'm saying, that you're able to call your own shots. Right. Like, I don't have no club records, no radio records, no street records, but for people who live in the city of Baton Rouge, you probably can't find another artist with tours more than me. And I do underground conscious rap music. Right. But that's because I bossed up. And so that's why I try to teach these young artists, man. These guys are doing shows in Alabama and Tennessee and Oklahoma and Texas and Florida and Georgia. You know what I'm saying? So they don't really need nobody to come back and give them a hand. Right. And by the time somebody does offer them a deal, they're going to be worth more because they know more. Right. And they've accomplished more. Right. Plus the young so you don't youth, need, like you know what I'm saying? Like you don't need to be putting no hands in nobody's pocket for something you can do for yourself. Right. And I, I and I think people from a different generation they don't really see it that way. And the younger youth, you know, one one thing I can say about them is I think that they they get it as far as you know sticking together because they if if you look at it like you know they be having teams, man. And they got different people that's that's doing different things or whatever. Everybody kind of playing a position, whoever the front guy is or whatever. Everybody else is is playing some form of a position. And I think like from our era a little bit, you know, it's it's more, I'm not going to even really say hate, but along those lines. Because it, yeah, I mean, it was, you know what it, I mean? It was, it was different types. Yeah, I mean, yeah you, you definitely see more artists support more artists now. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I, I think also, like, um, so those older guards, the oldest guys, yeah, like, you know, those street guys. So when you're dealing with a whole lot of money, there's a little bit more paranoia. Yeah. Like, a lot of these young guys who are doing Fade to Flow or, like, you know, they booking the varsity. Like, you have, like, four or five rappers book the varsity and bring all their fans out, and now these kids who are 25 years old have five or six people at the varsity. They're not really street guys like that. Right. So there ain't no street money. They ain't no, they just rap kids. Who okay, boom. It costs us two thousand dollars to book the varsity. Just, let's all put, you know, what I'm saying four hundred dollars up. Right. We split the money. Right. So like, you know, what I'm saying, but like the older guys, you know, it was, you know, they they was a whole lot rougher and tougher. Yeah. Plus and more labor situations where they got their money involved. From, it might have been some conflicts that let you know that that was kind of outside of music. Right. And so you know, so I think that's the reason why. And then, like I said, they were playing. Like record labels is coming to bed and we were dropping out five hundred thousand dollar checks, yeah. and so they was a little bit more cautious about who they shared the bag with too. Yeah, yeah, that 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 definitely make a lot of sense. It really, really does. I like um I like what you said about um, you know the the movement that that you know you have going on as far as with the underground scene and and creating different um because we we it it does need more things in the city and it's a lot of a lot of lot of great buildings downtown man that's just vacant you know what i'm saying like it right. really could be a wave and, and 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 a nice same thing like in new orleans like i seen something on the news man where you know it's, it's starting to affect the the white business owners bar owners as well now you know because he made a statement he was like man instead of us competing with each other we got to try to come together because a lot of us are going out of business 
You see what I'm saying? And he was like creating an environment to where, you know, instead of competing with each other, why not just establish a whole bunch of entertainment? That way people will come down there to, to this, to, you know, downtown to bar hop, man. You got, you know, they might like this over here or come with a group of friends. Well, I like it. We might go in here, your establishment for us. You know, let's go jump over here to this other one. They got the reggae spot going on over here. They got, it's so many different beautiful establishments that that just sitting there man and and i, and I don't know it, 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 in terms of downtown it's tricky man because uh uh you got so i don't know so we about the same age remember in the in the late 2000s you know what i'm saying you had you know people was throwing parties out of foils you know what i'm saying yeah yeah you had the m bar you yeah. had the lyceum so for like maybe like five or six years you saw black people on you saw black people down there heavy. Right. And then I want to say there was like a Baton Rouge business report where somebody literally said it gets dark on a certain end of 3rd Street sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, like, you know, they got TJ up out of the M bar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they, you know, the avoid was now the city bar, and the city bar always been racist. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, it's a situation where it's like, they don't want black people down to, from, from in my estimation. Did you add, I could, I, I'll say it like, um, it was four years ago uh, when I had the Bad Hip Hop Project or what have you. And, you know, I had a event at, at, uh, at, at the Rue House. Um, it was September 12th. It was after my birthday, 2015. Uh -huh. And so I'm promoting the show. And I, I was, I'm promoting the show. And maybe like two or three weeks before the show, um, I said, yo, my, my birthday party's going to be here. And somebody from the Rue House comments on the post saying like, yo, I'm... I, we don't have you on the books. And mind you, I've been promoting this for two months. Wow. And so the, the, young, the young white lady who uh, was helping me book the show, she reached out to him, and they pretty much told her, we want rap music without black people. What? At the time, the owner of the venue was none other than John Delgado. Oh, man. So, like, you know, so 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 they don't, they don't, want, they don't want black people downtown, especially doing hip-hop shows. So we had to move the event across the street. We moved to Happy's, and I look. I'm I'm kind of crazy. I don't got no problem saying no names. So we moved to Happy's. They let us have it. When I say, thank God it was an outside show, but, but like they didn't let us post up any flyers on the windows or anything. Let people know that the show was going on in the back. Uh, thank God it was an outside show. People could hear the music or whatever. Right. Um. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And we, it was a, it was a free show. Three four hundred people back there. It was the first time there was like a live hip hop concert outdoors on Third Street. Probably the first and only time. You know what I'm saying? So, right. like, um, and then, sadly, so, you know, downtown, you got Ruffins. Ruffins is owned by, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, the, the, uh, was it Kermit Ruffins from the, 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 the famous Ruffins family from New Orleans? Yeah. Or whatever. White people would not go there because it's black owned, even though it's a nice club downtown. Right, right. And so, so, and so that's the type of BS that we deal with here in Baton Rouge as artists. As independent artists or whatever, you know, what I'm saying we deal with the we deal with the racial politics and the segregation. We have to maneuver around these things, and you know, black people don't own nothing here in Baton Rouge as it pertains to like entertainment. Like, of course, you got the hole in the walls on plank and things like that or whatever. Right, at the end zone or Mariko's or the charcoal lounge. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's in and. So it's it's a weird situation. And I, I want to specify this thing, too. So I'm saying underground hip-hop, I'm not trying to make everybody underground hip-hop artists. Because if you make turn-up rap, whatever, whatever, like, I want the focus to be on being an independent artist. Right, right. Like, like so, so, like, if you make, if you make whatever sound, sound, if you can make jig music, 
you can make whatever sound that sounds that's popping on the radio that's cool. I just want to teach you how to take care of your business, how to create your own opportunities, how to book your own shows, set up your own publishing, uh, 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 you know, do everything that a label would do as opposed to waiting 10 years for somebody to come to Baton Rouge beside you and that person never shows up. Right. Let me ask you this. All right. Um, let, let's talk about DJ perspectives. Okay. Um, you know, because that, that wave have changed as well. And, um, you know, w- would you agree that um, DJs have kind of um, have kind of ca- kind of hurt the movement here as well? Man, look, I've never made club music. Um, you know what I'm saying? I don't really go out to clubs, right? So I can't necessarily. I mean, I, I guess you have, might have to ask a more specific question, but like, you know, I'm not gonna act like that's my area of expertise. Like, I've never, man, look. I I'm crazy. Like I, I did a I did a radio show last summer with a brother. I even said his name. He's a good brother though. And uh, we were talking. You know, so they called me up to do like the uh, freestyle thing. You know what I'm saying on the radio station. Yeah. And like off the air, and it's on YouTube. Off the air, I like, bro, I don't care about the radio. Right. Because I move it because I move in a manner to where I, first of all I don't, I don't make radio club music. But, like, I don't depend on radio spins for my livelihood. Now, granted, I've been on, I've had three different projects chart on the uh, the College Music Journal Top 40 Hip Hop Charts. Right. So I've started, you know, commercial, like, non-commercial radio. Like, I've done well. But, like, you know, radio that kind of caters more to, like, what I do, I've done well. But in terms of, like, Top 40, like, I understand that, like, I understand how radio works. So, like, a, per- a place like 94.1, they lose money. Because they're a top 20. They're not even top 40. Like, you barely hear Gates or Boosie. So right. you're never not going to hear me. But they lose money playing independent artists on the radio. Uh, because every, every artist they're playing, you know, they're getting music submitted to them. And promotions, like you can't see my air quotes, promotional money from these labels. Right. So when you play a Marcel P. Black record, you're not getting any money. Well, you could be getting money from whoever Katy Perry's label is. Right. Or right. whoever... J. Cole's label is, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And so I understand that. So I don't really care about that as far as radio. You know, I'm cool with Marquise and all the dudes. I used to DJ too. As far as club stuff, I mean, they play what they play. I don't go to clubs. I can't tell you what's going on in that capacity or whatever. Um, you know, nobody's ever really been, you know, DJ Automatic. You know, he was you know, he was a real good DJ for underground scene, like supporting all the local artists. Right now, Soul Lab BR, he has a podcast. He has a radio show on a community radio. And he like so he supports local artists, whatever underground artists, whatever. But for the most part, man, like you know, like I said, like us on the underground tip, we've learned to be. I'm sorry, on the independent tip. Let me specify, we've learned to be self sufficient and not necessarily depend on them. So I'm not the person to say if the DJ game is messed up, whatever. I don't. I don't know. Right, right. I get that. I hope I answer your question. <laughs> in, in <a> <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, you, you know, you you have achieved quite a bit you know from from your grind you know you you have achieved a lot which is uh inspiration and motivation too for um a lot of fans and a lot of people that got love for you and watch your movement and watch how you moving out here um you have accomplished a lot you know double xl magazine uh the guinness yeah um i mean you know you have done a lot hip-hop uh, Hip Hop DX, uh, the Daily Advocate, uh, Dig Magazine, Two to Five. I mean, you have done a lot on an independent 
scale and it sets the tone um as well as you know doing your uh, um your 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 activism in the community as well you're combining it it all and have performed with um a lot of a lot of on the same stages with a lot of big name artists and you've all done all of that on um an independent grind yeah it's been a blessing it's been a blessing man you know it's just I, mean, I, I love to do it like I, I like it wakes me up in the morning puts me to sleep at night i love hip-hop my wife my wife told i've been my wife for 16 years six and a half years okay she told me if I've done something for you that I can never do something unless you have. You know what I'm saying? But it's like it's no, 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 nothing go past anything you see more people black do. And my wife says, no, it don't happen. So right. every day I get her blessing, you know, she's my better half, 100%. But nah, man, it's just been work, man. Like, you know, like when people told me I couldn't do it, I wouldn't do it. I didn't listen because, like I said, like, you know, my music is, I, I do use profanity in my music. My music may be profane, but it's never crass because, you know, you know, I, I'm still a spiritual person, and I view my music as my ministry. Right. And I don't want my music just to be. I want my I want my music to be a verb. So I don't want to just say these different things about revolution and organizing, being in the streets with these young boys without really doing it. Yeah, not you know what I'm saying. So, example. so, so as as a youth development worker, I'm able to teach these different. You know, I was I was most recently uh, mental health counselor, so I'm able to talk about these things with these people. But like, you know. I, I am I am a like I am a natural born mentor. I'm a natural born educator. I love nothing more than to, you know, meet somebody, um, and hopefully, whatever I teach them or whatever whatever they can learn from me, they're in a better place they, after they met me. But right. at the same time, that's only because I'm a lifelong student. Absolutely. So like so it's like just just like I mentor a lot of younger artists. I'm constantly on the phone texting, you know, Kamikaze from, you know, Crooked Letters of Jackson and Truth Universal and Superstition and Substantial and Words, Work and Say So Comanche and Mega Ren. These guys are maybe like five to seven years older than me. And these are the guys who I look up to. Blueprint. I'm constantly listening to podcasts. I read these articles. Every single thing I, I could possibly learn. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm constantly reading books and you know, KSA lineman and things like so. I'm, I'm constantly trying to learn so I can be better. Because I mean, I'm thirty. I'm be thirty six in a couple of days. One thing I learned is my worth isn't determined by men. It's right. determined by God and the work that I do for other people. Absolutely. So like, so because I'm the quote because I've been blessed with so much, I want to be an even bigger blessing to other people. Right. Like me, and I, I, I understand like. You know, I'm my dad's. I'm my dad's son. My, 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 my mother's son. Like that's what they do. They help others. My father's a musician. We just talk. I just talked to him today about like once he retires, he's gonna go back and start teaching guitar lessons. So like our passion is working with young people and trying to help other people out. And so it permeates in what I've chosen as a career as a development worker into what I do. You know, the content of my music as well as the type of facilitator. I don't even call myself a promoter, but the facilitator I am. You know, what I'm saying in terms of trying to like build that root hip hop or period like if I could teach a young black man how to set up a publishing company for $250 and then something he can get royalties from for the rest of his life I will you know how to set up a, a record label how to find a way that he can use his own black man or young black lady how to like use their mind to create money as opposed to like selling dope or robbing a liquor store or doing scamming somebody like if you can use the passion in your heart and the intelligence that you have, you got to give you the intelligence 
to make you some money, make your career, you know, I'm going to do it. You, mean, you feel me? So, right. like, all, all that is super duper important to me, man. And, like, you know, like, I've always tried to, like, open up every, every single door I've opened. I've always left it open for other people to come through. Man. Because when I was coming up in Baton Rouge, when I was a young boy, like you said, Lope went out there helping no young artists. And I'm, I'm not saying the answer, but there was no older rapper. There was no more stuff keep black when I was 22. Right, right. But I told myself, once I had the platform, I'm going to come back and help these young boys and girls out. You feel me? Right. Man, I love that. So, man. yeah, man, it's been a blessing. I love that. What, um... What what can we what can we look forward to, man? As far as new projects, um, and and um, anything else that you may have uh, coming out. Oh man, so I got man. I'm I'm actually man. I'm glad you asked, man. I'm, I'm in the midst of you know uh, you know promoting this tour I got coming up that support my new album. It's first of the Black Messiah drops on October fifteenth online and all the other good stuff on all streaming sites, my Bandcamp and everything. Oh, uh, man, so I've been working on this album for about maybe 20 months. Uh, it's first of the Black Messiah, man. It's, it's, uh, it's my fourth album, but it's my... I have eight, eight EPs and four albums, so this is my fourth project I've dropped in less than 11 years, my second project this year. Um, basically, man, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, the album is based on Black Liberation Theology, um, like the crux of the album, so I'm going to paraphrase it for time's sake, but... uh. You know, J. Edgar Hoover, who was the you know the leader of the FBI, he started the counterintelligence program, aka CoinTelPro. One thing that he said, he said, uh, one of the main focuses of CoinTelPro is to uh, separate the young black male from the revolution. It hopes of preventing the next black messiah. So the concept of the album is me, like, you know, going through the hood. You know, it's a composite story of my family members, my friends, my classmates as well as some of the young people that I've worked with, you know what I'm saying, in my, in, in my career field, like trying to find the next black Messiah, the young black person who could be the next leader, you know what I'm saying, to fight right. for our freedom and get us free or whatever. So I'm searching for, so, you know what I'm saying, so it's a lot of, it's dope, man. I, I got a lot of uh, great features. I, I got some, some of my bucket list features. I got some local guys on there. I got people from all over the country, producers from all over the country. It's like a really, really big album. And, you know, I'm really, really proud of it, man. Um, I just released my latest single, uh, Black Guy Fresh, um, featuring Big Sign, produced by a brother named uh, Backpack Beats, based out of Florida. He's living in Chicago now. But, you know, like, just, man, just, uh, so that's been keeping me busy, man. Like, rolling this project out. And then I have the tour. So the album drops on the 15th. Uh, October 17th, I leave for tour. I'm going, I've got, like, uh, 12 shows in, like, 15 days. I'm starting in the in the south, like eight different states or whatever. So man, I've been really busy trying to plan that out and then, you know, plan out the rest of 2020. You know, just uh, rolling out content every single day. You know what I'm saying? Uh, about to drop music videos and more singles and more graphics and different things of that nature, man. And uh, so it's really been keeping me busy, man. And you know, if you follow my social media, I'm probably all up and down your timeline, posting something every 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Right. But uh. Putting that work no, I, in, huh? Putting that work in. Absolutely, man. Like you know, I, I've never, had, I've never had the luxury because I've never had the luxury of making "quote unquote" mainstream music or the right. type of music that you know that's you know everybody listens to. You know, everybody listens to 
Kendrick Drake or one of my one people who are listening to music that dance, right? right? So me as a person who makes, you know, I think it's more popular now than it has been in a while because of, you know, especially the bad rules post out to Sterling, you know, with Trump, blah, blah, blah. And then, you you know, so people are kind of more in tune to like the consciousness, but it's kind of seeing like, you know, the kind of the atrocities that happen to oppressed people. Right. And then like, you know, then like you got Kendrick Lamar's popular, he has some message in his music. You got Rhapsody is popular. You got J. Cole got some message in his music. And for me personally, the OG Killer Mike, he's popular. So right now, there's a little bit more people who are a little bit more open-minded to listen to like quote unquote conscious pro-black hip-hop or whatever. But even still, it's still the least popular type of hip-hop. So I have to work 10 times harder than somebody who just makes club bangers every single day. Right. And that's the reason why I have a lot of the results that I have or whatever. So I got to put the work in. I ain't got no label. I ain't got no manager. I ain't got no booking agent. Everything you see, I do everything except for mix and master my music and make beats. Everything else you see. Um, and I, I hired somebody to book my, uh, to like do my album covers. You know what I'm saying? But everything else is just me by myself. Nobody else pushing no type of buttons. And I'm blessed because of it because it, it gives me the knowledge and skills and resources. You know, being, you know, because... I'm my own label, my own management company, my own booking agent, or whatever that means. I can keep all those checks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, know what I'm saying? I can right. keep it in the house. You know what I'm saying? It keeps my overhead lower. And then why is the profit margin? So it allows me to invest in other things that I want to invest in. But uh, I got to grind. I got to work, man. Man, I tell you what. I'm I'm definitely um, proud of the grind. And I definitely want you to come back on here and promote that project whenever it's, whenever it's ready to go man we want to do um we want to be involved in in that man i don't know what's going on with that's a dog on fire alarm i don't know what that is but anyway we definitely want you to come back on here to promote um anything that you want to promote um you need to definitely come back on here man we definitely want to be a part of that and get first dibs on that before that thing drops heavy Absolutely, man. It's two things I want to mention while we're talking about because I don't know when this is going to air. So, look. So, on September 29th at the Black-Owned Vegan Spot, Vegan Friendly Foods, for all the listeners, man, I'm having a free listening party from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. It's on a Sunday, September 29th at Vegan Friendly Foods. Three ninety nine. You will come in. You will be able to hear the album before anybody else hears the album, whatever, in its entirety. Come get you some good healthy vegan soul food, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to have some merchandise. I'm going to be selling tickets, you know what I'm saying? Um, so so definitely pull up to that. Um, like I said, sell the tickets. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm calling in my homecoming, so I'm leaving for tour on October 17th. I'm getting in Florida. Then I'm going to Georgia and Alabama, uh, Mississippi, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Texas. And I'm coming back to Baton Rouge on November 1st. I'll be at the Mid-City Ballroom on Acadian, Acadian uh, Boulevard, what have you. My homecoming show, I got myself. I got novels from Cliss Forces. I got D. Horton. I got Molly Sincere from uh, Made Groceries, what have you. And the homeboy, John Tuller. And uh, we're going to be doing this dope homecoming show. It's the homecoming weekend. Go Jags or whatever. But that Friday night, man, 8 to 12, y'all come out like I'm... I, I, I've really been on this health kick. I lost about 65 pounds what? in the last year. And so even though I'm a big dude, I'm in my best performance of my life. So I want to give Baton Rouge the best possible show. So, man, look, if you want to see if you want to come here to the album, September 29th at Vegan Friendly Foods, 
But if you want to see me live in performance and like get to see, like I'm I'm known as a really pretty good performer around the country. But I want to show Baton Rouge as well. See, I'll pull up November first at a Vicky at a, I'm sorry at Mid City Ballroom. Pre-sale tickets are ten bucks. You know what I mean? Fifteen at the door. Just pull up, man. It just it just come vibe with me, man. Like you know, it's it's I, I'm I'm blessed and honored. You're saying that like people are you know a lot of times we think. The only people paying attention are the people who like every status or come to every single show. Right. Like, so so I thank you for having me on your platform and for everybody who's been, you know, supporting Marcel P. Black. I want to say thank you to all the listeners, but I do want to see y'all. <laughs> you know what Absolutely. I'm mean? saying? I want to see you at Vegan Friendly Foods, too, so I can meet you in person. And I want to see you at, uh, you know what I'm saying, Mid-City Ballroom on November 1st. You know what, man? We uh we we might come out there um come out there and do some live stuff out there, man. Get some um some coverage, man. And please, I think be man. Dope. Look, look, man. Please do. Like I wanna, like seriously, man. Like this album is like once you see the album cover, like even though it's a big album, it's very bad and rude space. So I'm, I'm gonna drop the, the artwork, the front artwork tomorrow, and, and then with the back of the album cover, you see. But okay, I, I I see where it's going with this or whatever. So like, I I really want to get like. I travel all over the country. I don't do a lot of bad roads anymore. Right. But like it's 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 personal and, and it's important that I get as much bad roads people involved in this album and you know in this show and whatever I got going on, this particular rip. So anything that you wanna do, period. You know what I'm saying? It, it, you know, I don't play cake, I'm with all I'm with all the biz. You let me know we can make it happen. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. I'm uh, we gonna we gonna get together, man, off air, and uh, we gonna we gonna chop it up and network on some stuff, man. Cause uh, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be great, and we we would love to be a part of that, man. And anyway, we can help promote as well. Um, we we'll, we'll we'll talk about all that stuff. Let's put your social platforms out there, man, in ways people can connect with you and find that good music, man. At Marcel P. Black on all social media: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. At M A R. C-E-L-P-B-L-A-C-K MarcelPBlack.com MarcelPBlack.bandcamp.com um, I'm most heavy on Facebook You know what I mean? And then Next is Instagram The last On Twitter But you know I'm, I got my phone with me I'm, I'm constantly DMing and messaging The email um, MaroonMusic At gmail.com um, You know I'm When I'm in town I'm pretty accessible You know what I mean? So I'm six foot four, four hundred pounds. Don't be scared to come high. Let me see me in these streets. You feel me? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big teddy bear. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, man. But like, yeah. At Marcel P. Black on all social media. MarcelPBlack.com. MarcelPBlack.bandcamp.com. Album drops October 15th. Absolutely, man. We wishing you more blessings, more success on your journey, man. I mean, you are beyond blessed already, man. And we wishing you more blessings and more success for me and the Vibe team. We just want to thank you again, my brother. I appreciate you, man. This, this is definitely an honor, man. Absolutely. It's the Vibe Show with your host, Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and my special guest, King Marcel P. Black. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yes, sir.